And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I'm your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Iggy, and... Tyler, why are you old? Look, man, that's what time does to you, okay? Is it? Okay, it's... You didn't, you didn't make a witch mad, did you? At the time of this recording, I am nearly turning 30, so that joke kind of hits a bit too close to home. Damn, man! Look, it was either that... <laughs> It was either that or make you an extent talk of maybe I should have gone with the uh, why why do you have feathers um, or something? But I thought I, the, I thought that's what you were gonna go for, no. and I honestly didn't have anything prepared for that. So damn it, well, I threw the curveball. Curveball strikeout. There's your baseball reference. All right, we have the Cinema Shot podcast. Uh, we're nearing the end of our Studio Ghibli marathon, and Tyler, what are we covering today? Uh, we are looking at Howl's Moving Castle this time, and I actually do have a bit of history with this one. So do I, but more recent history. Um, uh, but let, let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. Uh, what, what, tell me your story that involves Howl's Moving Castle. Okay, so this is kind of a personal story, and, uh... I've never told this to anyone, let alone put it on recording. Whoa. So... This is a cinema shot first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Nice. So, the year is 2007. Um, it was around the time that the English dub of this movie came out. Um, around that time, I was um, in the even middle school. Um, and um, I had my very first girlfriend at that time. Aww. And uh, around that time, uh, we went on a whole bunch of movie dates, uh, one of which was uh, TMNT, which is the first, well, one of the first movies we saw together. We opted to see Wild Hogs instead because our local theater wasn't seeing TMNT at the time. It was 2007, so you know this story has legitimacy. And um, one of the other uh, movie dates that we went on to was they had a public showing of this movie. Nice. I had never heard of Studio Ghibli... Uh, Actually, no, that was a lie. Uh, I'd seen Spirit Away before this, but I didn't have much recollection of it at the time. So I knew Studio Ghibli was a thing, but it never really stayed in the back corner of my mind as a teenager. Um, we went to see this movie at a public showing, and uh, about a few weeks after we went to this movie, uh, she broke up with me over the phone, and I was in a terrible stupor. And I haven't seen this movie in the past 15 years because it kind of dug up um, those memories, you know. And it was also uh, part of the reason why I was hesitant to go into this marathon along with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ones because this was something I was going to bring up as well. Oh, no. Um, I didn't remember much of this movie going back in. And uh, um, during this viewing, I kind of felt myself drifting off. And it was the same feeling I had when I saw this for the first time. And I didn't realize it up until then. But we'll get to it when we talk about the movie proper. Okay, no problem. Uh, for me, I remember the ads for this movie when it was coming out. And I like I was like, wow, that looks like Mononoke. Like, it looked like that, I think that was the first connection I had made. And it never connected that with the, the, the um, Spirited Away for some reason, even though I remember those ads. 
but the only I this is the second time I've seen this movie, and because the first time is remember when HBO Max was announced and before it went, it started going to shit because of the HBO Discovery merger. Uh, the big get, and like thankfully still big get, because I feel like HBO Max is worth it alone just for the Ghibli movies, um, except for one of them. But you can find that for you know if you know where to look. Um, yep. And the first one I saw, I was like, let me watch this one, because I was like, watch Mononoke, but I have Mononoke on Blu-ray, so let me some, see one I've remember seeing, but never, uh, like, I wanted to see, and so I watched Howl's Moving Castle, and I found myself engorged by it, I was like, whoa, it was like, made, made me rediscover the magic of Studio Ghibli, and like, was kind of the genesis and this is about like I think what how long has HBO Max been in? like a year now maybe two years I think at least like two years yeah. um, I think uh, when Godzilla vs. Kong came out that's when uh, it first made the round might even be three years honestly but like that was I remember that's what those are the two big gets like you can put Godzilla movies on HBO Max at least the Heisei era and uh, or I mean the, the Showa era and then this this stuff here and and so like I, one of the first things I did when we had a cable subscription plan for HBO Max, I watched it because it's like, fuck, let's watch it. This is awesome. Because you could buy these, uh, most of these, the popular Gibby movies for nothing. But I'm really glad I watched it. And we might have contrasted. Shit, they're still showing in our local theaters. Yeah. I saw a Showtime later tonight at the Alamo Draft House. Nice. Are you going? Nice. Um, nice. Uh, I mean, I already saw the movie today, so what's the point? True, 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 true. Uh, I mean, that's just how goes how timeless they are. Uh, with these movies, even though this this movie doesn't feel that old, but this was this was um, eighteen years ago, which God, it feels so long. Um, but it, at the same time, it doesn't. It's so weird. Uh, but let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down. Uh, this is Howl's Moving Castle in Japan. It is Hepburn Haru no Ugoku Shiro. Um, this was uh, directed by Hayao Miyazaki with a screenplay by Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, apparently it was based on a, uh, on a book by, a fantasy novel by British author Diana Wynne-Jones that was first published in 1986, so it's, it's based, it's not a, a Ghibli original. It's come to think of it how, like, we've discovered so many of these movies, not a lot of them, but so many of these movies are based on something else in one form or another, versus everybody just thinks they're Ghibli originals, and that just fascinates me how that works. Pure um, form of flattery, right there. Exactly. Um, this was released by Tos- Toshio Suzuki, um, and then this was released in uh, Japan on November twenty, uh, November twentieth, two thousand four. It had a, I guess, at the Venice Film Festival in September two thousand four. I think that's the first time it's mentioned that. So I guess that's how you know, like with Mononoke, with uh, Spirited Away, that people were starting to take Ghibli like more serious on the mainstream and not just. A, kids animation but like bigger thing uh which is especially kid, uh, funny considering how the person behind hbo no behind disney does not f- see animation as nothing but just for kids and only for kids mm, fuck you buddy uh yeah, right. runtime 119 minutes it had a budget of 2.4 billion yen and had a box office of 23.2 billion or 236 million worldwide so, our cast, and we watched the uh, English uh, version on HBO Max, our main character, uh, 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 Sophie Hayter, is played by Emily Mortimer, her young version, and I'm going to say Jean, because uh, if I say Gene Simmons, I'm going to think of the Kiss the Kiss artist. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Watch a black and white movie sometime, people. Yeah, so Jean Simmons, 
Jean because I know Gene is like you know Gene Gray whatever, but it's it's the it's yeah Jean Simmons uh, is is the old stuffy hater we'll get in that Christian Bale plays uh, Hal, which uh, there's a funny antidote when it comes to that shit. Um, Lauren Bacall, uh, another classical uh, movie actress from the 1950s, plays the Witch of the West. Waste, not the West. No, no, please don't sue me, Disney. Uh, Josh Hutcherson voices. I my pretty. Josh Hutcherson voices Markle. Uh, I was gonna say Byleth, but it's not. Blythe Danner voices uh, Sullivan. Uh, Jeanne Malone voices uh, Letty, which I believe is Sophie Hader, uh, which I believe is uh, Sophie's mother. Uh, Marie Demon voices a uh, oh, another a handsome character. Crispus Freeman voices Prince Justin. Mark Silverman voices the King of Angary, and then um, it doesn't. Oh, I mean, I skipped over Calcifer. Billy Crystal voices Calcifer, which that's one of the more inf- like more big name voices you'll hear. And then D. Bradley Baker voices the dog known as Heen, which we'll get into Heen later. <laughs> so, um, what is Howl's Moving Castle now? When it comes to reception, like I feel like how like you have your Mononoke's, your Spirited Away's, right? Your Nausicaa's. I feel like. Hal is like right underneath them, in terms of its like popularity among Ghibli fans. I, 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 yeah, in terms of uh, mainstream, it's probably like the B tier of the Ghibli films, like high B tier. Because like it, I would say it's on the same like as Porco Rosco. Like you know of it, you may not, you may like it, but you may not like it as much as the other ones. You know. Yeah. Um. So, Howl's Moving Castle, uh, it's basically about, uh, follow, and there's a lot of similar things, um, in it, but it pretty much follows a young woman named Sophie Hayter who's living in this, it looks like it's Victorian era inspired, Victorian era with steampunk wizardry is what I'll say, and, uh, it follows Sophie who's pretty much, uh, described by some very fucked up soldiers as a mouse, and she's very diminutive, she's very quiet, until she is rescued by the wizard known as Hal, who is, might be the first instance I've seen of a fanboy in a Ghibli movie, but we'll get into that later, um, and, uh, she is basically, uh, because she was rescued by Hal, she has caught the ires of the Witch of the Waste, this very, uh, look, listen, it's not fatophobic, it's what she looks like. Very obese um, witch who basically curse, puts a spell on on Sophie, causing her to basically turn old, so Hal does not fancy her anymore, and also she cannot tell anyone uh, of her affliction. Every time she tries, um, she is, uh, her mouth goes sun shut. So, uh, that sets her off on a journey to find Hal, um, and, uh, and, and basically try to help break the curse, and she ends up moving in with, uh, Hal, the young, uh, the young man, Markle, Calcifer, who is literally, uh, a, de- a fire demon, um, as they try to figure out their own personal drama amongst, uh, among, uh, among the war that's going on right now, which is a huge proponent, uh, of this movie. Yep, that's pretty much the gist of it. So, um, and one thing you'll know is that, one thing we know is that Gib, uh, um, I love that Gib, Studio Ghibli, Miyazaki, they're not afraid to put what they, what they dislike about humanity right up front. Um, this is 2004, and, um, 
Apparently, this movie definitely was influenced by the fact that Miyazaki was against the 2003 I- Iraq War, and in fact, um, when when the fact that at the end of this, this is kind of jumping ahead of it, but at the end of the movie, when they pretty much the 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 the, the, the key to stopping the war was was resolved, and Saliman, who is kind of an antagonist, antagonist character, basically just simply calls up the uh the, the like i guess her her cabinet her, her like like part of the kingdom's cabinet and says let's just end this war now as if it's all this one big game which kind of felt like how the war in iraq was treated if you remember I, I know you're a little younger than me so maybe you don't remember as much but um oh i remember okay um, i was there but um uh, since i was younger i honestly didn't pay too much mind to it right i mean you know without getting into it it was basically like we had the, I mean, like we had no reason to be there um it was you know the whole nuclear weapons thing there's documents on it but like that's i feel like miyazaki was trying to say that, like the, the horrors of war of meaningless war um and and just to goes to show you that all, we are all afflicted by by this but really the movie is all about don't judge a book i feel like it's i can't be simplifying it too much but i feel like the movie is about don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and no better than that is I want to talk about Hal first. I know t- I know he's he's technically not the main character. Sophie's technically the main character, but I want to talk about Hal. Um, what were your thoughts on him as as a character? Um, I was kind of surprised to find that. Uh, well, obviously, I was expecting him to be like the powerful wizard entity uh but i didn't expect him to be like the uh runaway coward that he's portrayed as in this film because um the whole gist of this is that um he has this power and uses his moving castle to like move away from people pursuing him particularly more powerful wizards and stuff right um and like like he he has this sense of like confidence when you see him especially in that first scene when he rescues her uh, when he rescues Sophie, but underneath it all is this, uh, af- like, would you say he's like afraid of commitment or afraid of his future? Maybe a little bit of both. Uh, probably a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and like, and like he, and he actually, in he's talking in conversation with Sophie, where like he has so many aliases that nobody really knows. Hal is almost like a boogeyman. Um, to the people around uh, who like know of him, like how will eat your heart because you're be- for a beautiful girl, but really he's just a dude who's like has I, like you could say um, superior in- inferiority complex, you could say imposter syndrome, um, or like anything like that. But I found him like the fact that on the surface, like, when, like he's very like like it's like it's like this. He's like okay, this might be too deep, but. He's like the sea. On the surface, it's very... On certain times, it's very calm. It's very, you know, elegant. It's beautiful. But underneath it, it is a turbulent mess of different things flowing against and from each other, pulling and pushing, fighting their way to the surface. Would you say... uh, Maybe that's too critical, but I don't know. That's how I see it. Yeah, I could definitely see it that way. The way you describe it, it's kind of like you're describing a bigger version of Hawkins from Spirited Away. Probably, yeah, which is probably like, you know, definitely uh, Studio Ghibli main characters kind of share things over the course of what we've seen watching these ones. And they're both bodies of water. And they're both bodies of water, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, but, um, like, I. 
at the end of the day, like I, I found, like I felt sorry for him. Um, you know, like, cause he didn't want to do any of the stuff he was involved in. He didn't want to help the war, but like, cause the movie doesn't really, sh- the, like, like you're only really shown one kingdom, but she's not evil. There's at first you think it's going to be the witch of the waste who's evil, but she's not, she's uh, there's, if anything, most care, most characters who are not on the side of of Sophie or Hal, they're antagonists at most, but they wouldn't, I wouldn't describe them as evil. Yeah. Like, they're selfish is probably the biggest thing going against them, but they aren't overtly evil. Right. Other antagonists that we've seen in this retrospective. Right, and you could say that maybe because Suleiman, who is like, I guess she, she answers, she's like a chief advisor to the king, um, that she is evil because she participates in this war, um, you could say that, but you know both sides are doing it, so it's it's hard to say. Um, but uh, one thing I do love is that Christian Bell voices Hal in the English version, and this is two thousand four. A year later, he's he's probably filming Batman by the time it comes out, and there's a scene where you get to hear his Batman voice before Batman Begins ever comes out, which I find. So fucking funny. It's not who I am, but what I do that defines me. I mean, he's not... Look, listen, I, there, there was a meme that somebody showed me. It's like, if I had a nickel, but every time Christian Bell played a lonely outcast who only wanted to do the right thing, but had a young woman help him to find out who he truly was, I'd have two nickels because it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> you know, it's weird that you mention that because the cut that I saw uh, where uh, he asked Sophie if he likes Huey, she likes Huey Lewis in the news and then murders her and Max, that was kind of a weird twist. <laughs> God, Patrick Bateman's everywhere. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to do all the Christian Bell movies at some point, man. Um, but I, I think Hal's a fascinating case study uh, of, like, what to do with your, with, with, like, your inner demons, literally. In his case, an actual fucking curse. Um, yep. But w- let me ask you, what are your thoughts on Sophie, the our our our, our another uh, our other main character? Um, in terms of uh, Ghibli MCs, I think she was all right. Like, it was a nice twist that uh, we actually have an old lady main character, kind of. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's not something that you commonly see in the fictional media. No, I was, because, like, I won't lie, like, when, like, you know, like, I feel like they're doing the typical thing where, like, she, like, obviously Sophie Young, Sophie's very pretty, she's very cute, but, like, when you look at her and you look at her mother, uh, Letty, she, Letty, like, you see the blue makeup and everything, which is totally fine, but, like, Sophie is drawn, is very much simple there's no you don't see any visible makeup uh maybe like foundation stuff like that but you don't see any of that she's and she's very quiet she's very diminutive but i love when she becomes grandma sophie that all her chill just goes out of the out of the window i i she gives no fuck my like lady. i i love emily mortimer as young sophie because she brings that youthful i will do anything to help you energy and that's great, especially those final moments when she's when she travels, especially when she travels back in time to help Hal, which was a little weird. Um, but John Simmons as um, as Sophie as old Sophie is the best part of this movie. I would have to agree, in all honesty. 
Like, like the fact that she originally she's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm I'm so like typical old female old, old woman character, but like she acts as their cleaning lady, and like she's not she's not putting up on anybody's shit. She like she she wants to bring the witch. It's it's like it's like it's true when you just go old. It's like it's like it's true when you get older, you just don't give a fuck anymore. You just like you know what? I'm old. Why should I care anymore? I'm I'm you know yeah, right. it, it's 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 so great and how. Um, you know, she, and I love that she cleans everything, like, that go from that, how that house was, um, what, 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 to how it is, and how her, her toughness, her, it, it's amazing how her spice is what Hal needed in his life to start moving forward with what he needed to do. Yeah, um, everyone needs a lady like that in order to move forward. Um, but, like, like... I and I I kind of wish I don't I don't know like I I obviously know she had to go back as as young Sophie but I enjoyed uh, uh, Simmons's performance as, as old Sophie a lot like if like it, it's almost kind of like a bait and switch like you think you're gonna follow this young beautiful protagonist as and, and it's definitely a love story for sure because the whole point is that in order for Hal to break Hal's curse is that he needs a, he needs true love and she and like there are moments where. Um, uh, there are moments where, um, like, she turns back to young Sophie because of her feeling towards Hal. Um, but um, I, I, I do like. I think her crowning moment is when she, when Hal says, "Hey, how about you go to Solomon's in, instead of me?" I'm like, "What? You, you fucking coward!" Um, and uh, and she's followed by the dog known as Heen, which everyone thought was Hal. Yeah, that was a nice little bait and switch as well. It just looked like him. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but uh, I do. I and then also like having to climb those uh, out absurdly long stairs to just to get to the palace throne room um, while you see the witch of the waste um, fall by her side. But this is probably the weakest Rocky montage I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that she had to carry Heen while doing it. So. Um, like I feel like maybe if like if you don't enjoy it as much because there's there's definitely a lot of moments in this movie where there's a lot of downtime where there's a lot of like reflecting and I think that'll judge your moment whether you're you like this one or not. Um, but I think it pulls together when you have the whole family, Hal, Calcifer, Mikkel, I think that's how you pronounce it, Markle, sorry, all together in the house. Like those are the best scenes to me. Yeah, I would say that's uh, the first half of this film where they're all getting together is probably uh, my favorite part of this film. Yeah, and can we talk about the technical marvel that is literally the moving castle itself? This thing has a fucking ahigo face. Um, I'm not the only one that saw that, right? Well, maybe maybe you just need to take care of some things after the show, buddy. But maybe maybe um, but like. Just how it looked, always like I again. This, I've seen it before in the ads. I remember that was. If there's one thing about House Moving Castle, like I said, there's always one thing you were gonna remember out of a Ghibli movie. House Castle is it for this one because it's just like it's this constant beautiful set piece that's run. That, I say it's beautiful, but it looks like shit. And I like that it looks like shit on purpose. It, it's like a amalgamation of all these things that Hal has clumped together in his life. 
Yeah, it's literally just a giant walking katamari of uh, a whole bunch of structures. And it's it's like it reminds me of like that. To me, this movie kind of feels like uh, Miyazaki was going for like the the older Ghibli movies, where it's just the big fantastical thing. You know, it, like it really reminds me of something I said out either out of Nausicaa or Spirit of the Wind, um, uh, or uh, Castle in the Sky. Sorry, Spirit of the Wind. That's not a movie, dumbass. Um, where it's just bigger than life, uh, the, this this moving castle. But yet, like you can obviously see it's working because of the gears and everything like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's magic, so you don't think about it too much. But it just looks so. Yeah. It just looks so cool. Um, yeah, it definitely still looks pretty stunning even to this day. Yeah, uh, what did you think of Calcifer, the the the, the sentient fi- uh, fireplace? Um, it was really neat that we have uh, Billy Crystal as a wise talking fire demon. Uh, I feel like that we don't get enough of him, even though he is a vital part of Hal's character. For sure, um, pretty much like they are connected, I guess, from youth. Um, and that pretty much if he dies, um, something could happen to Hal because they're deeply connected until the connection is, uh, severed in, uh, in the end. Um, but I, I love his, mostly I love him because of his back and forth with Sophie, with, with Grandma Sophie. Let's be honest. Yeah, right. That, that's, that's the best part. And, and Billy Crystal, I'm not too much of a fan of his, uh, or was at least, cause this is around the time when he was still acting regularly. But for that perfect, like, constantly whining, constantly complaining character, oh, he's perfect for Calcifer. It was perfect. Yeah, you can definitely hear Mike Wazowski in this performance. You know, like, like um, when he's, when the, after the castle is almost destroyed, and he's like, oh, the water's, the, the, the wood's too damp, I'm getting wet on, how am I supposed to light the fire? You know, just constantly, and it, it's Sophie's reassurance um, that, uh... Um. Uh. Gets the. Get, it gets. It gets everything going again. Um. Not nice. Nice performance from him. He's definitely just doing Billy Crystal. But. Uh, I don't know why. But like even like with Christian Bale. Like I, they were. They're just those, how those characters sound to me. Like I don't think it's a celebrity voice. You know. Like in the first half of the movie, uh, it kind of bothered me because it was pretty Christian Bailey. But I, I warmed up to it after a bit. Uh, yeah. To me, the only part I was thinking... Also, fun fact. Yeah, go ahead. Um, after, after watching Spirited Away, Christian Bale was happy to take any part in this movie. He just wanted yeah, to be... He was surprised to get the lead. Well, he, so he, he just saw it. I was like, I need to be in this movie. Uh, I need to be in this movie. Um, I was trying yeah, to... Yeah, kind of like how um, most people would love to be a stormtrooper in uh, Star Wars. Uh, was he in the... Star- Are you saying he was a stormtrooper in Star Wars? No, I'm just uh, I'm just saying that most people would kill to be a stormtrooper oh, in Star Wars. True, true. That's the dream. Right, right. It's like I want to work on this movie, and like, and, and he's the lead, and you know, um, it's funny again that he would be playing a very similar character to Batman. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how it works out. It's, it's just like <laughs> uh, I need to find that meme at some point to see it again. But um, let's talk about the Witch of the Waste, who might be the biggest, one of the bigger, like. Um, uh, misdirections I thought we would see because you assume she's going to be the villain of the movie when she curses Sophie to eternal to be a, a, a old maid um, and can't speak about her condition. Yeah, um, 
I thought that she was going to be the big bad too, but as soon as um, she struggles walking up the stairs and catches um, bad case of the olds herself, I was like, wow. Like, I didn't see that coming. Like, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of scary moments in this movie. Like, even when Hal is like a gigantic ass bird, it's not that bad. But um, when that moment when she's climbing up and all her fat is just coming down, it's that moment, I'm not going to lie, that's probably the most disturbing moment in this movie. Just because of how animated, how well it looks, but also just how terrifying it is. She turns into a big ball of goop. Yeah. Um, and I like that because she's this villain, very conniving. She has her own little soldiers that do her bidding. But the, after that happens, after she basically gets humbled... Um, and I think she pretty much has amnesia for the for the second half of the movie. It's like the final like ten minutes. Um, she be- she catches the old. Yeah, she becomes a little old lady who doesn't know where she's at, and you just want to protect her with all your life because she just says, "Oh, are we going for a walk now?" She's so sweet until she realizes who she is and tries to steal Hal's heart for one last time before realizing that no, it's it's sorry, Grandma, it's not yours. Yeah, nice little uh, subversion of expectations with this character. Yeah, um, and like, it's, I love that moment. They're all on the ply board, the last remaining pieces of, of Hal's castle, and and she, she's Sophie is like, and she now she's in her young silver hair look, um, which might be the best look in any main protagonist ever for a female character. Let's she's Dante. Yeah, <laughs> um, and she's like, you really want the heart? You really want this, don't you? Um, and he goes, yeah, so take care of it. Like, I felt like that, that was like the ultimate of like, you know, people, people can have a change of heart. It doesn't always have to be one way. You can, you can change. As someone who is currently playing through Persona 5 role again, I can attest to that. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. Um, um, so, um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? Uh, I believe we covered just about all the important talking points. Yeah, uh, I still love this movie. I, I do think, now having seen a lot of the ones, I would put some other ones over it. Um, but I still think they nailed it beautifully. I, I, I love the love story between Hal and um, and Sophie because it wasn't about, like, he, he, he likes me not. It was about him, her helping him find out who he really was first and foremost before actually um it becoming like a love like a full on love story at like at the end like a romance story yeah. it was it was more um, it was more nuanced i would say so um that said uh i did start kind of drifting off in the second half when all the war stuff started happening um and i do get that is a part of the point because um uh, the the Iraq War was going on at the time, but uh, I felt like that the first half of the movie was far more engaging of um, setting up the characters and as well as uh, Hal and Sophie's relationship. Whereas the second one, if uh, the war just kind of forced it, you know, kind of yeah, like, I don't know. No, I feel you. I feel you. It's, I think that's why like I would put it like just under A tier for the Studio Ghibli movies. Like it's like it's like high B tier. Um, yeah. but still really enjoyable. Like, it, like there's no such thing as a as a bad uh, Gilby movie at all. It doesn't exist. I, I, I you can't find it. Um, 
But uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. I think that's that covers of a house moving castle. Um, Tyler, uh, what are we watching um, next week? Oh shit! What, what are we watching next week? Oh okay. Uh, next week we'll be watching Tales from Earthsea from two thousand six. I have never heard or seen of this one, so this is going to be fascinating. And based on that fucking art that you see on the Wikipedia, we're in for a fucking treat. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that means we only have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven movies left, because the next one's not going to go out till 2026. Oh, Jesus. Oof. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, yeah, after, um, Howl's moving, after this one, it seems like their movies take a lot longer, but I'm still excited, because all these ones I don't know about. Um, okay, t- and tell the people where they can find you at, buddy. You can follow me on Twitter at PayItSetsHigh. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, Home with Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. And you can find me at Twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy and Twitch.tv slash Iggy204 for all my live streams. Um, and uh, also, you can uh, go to Trashers.com for this episode as well as our wrestling show and then our main show, the Charge Shot Gamescast, which will be going on a hiatus for a little bit, hopefully not too long, but it is a undetermined uh, length for the hiatus. Um, and of course, uh, we will see you all next week for the next chapter of the Ghibli Marathon. Until next time, guys, find your true hearts. Persona? Is that what this... Is that what this is? I, I don't know where you're going with this. I'm just going to end the episode here. Bye, everyone! <laughs> Thank you for watching at Cinema Shot Theater.